Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. in prison when he writes Philippians, and yet it is one of the most joyful books in all of the Bible. Also, as you're turning to Philippians chapter 2, you might want to take a peek at the back of your bulletin. The first sentence on the back of your bulletin says this, to say the world is a divided place is a huge understatement. So I just want you to Shake your head, yes or no. Is the world divided politically? Is the world divided economically? Is the world divided socially? Uh, Yeah. Is the world divided medically? Yeah, That, that could be a, that could be a, a uh, 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 head shake and a laugh. All right. Is the world divided educationally? Yeah. Is the world dividing housing? Whatever, whatever you speak of, you can find a divided opinion. And unfortunately, uh, the internet, I think, plays a lot into our division. And if we continue to read on the back of your bulletin, unfortunately, that division drifts right into churches as well. That's always been the case. The Apostle Paul had exactly the same problems as all churches have. He had to squelch disunity in Corinth, in the book of Corinthians, first and second, in Ephesus, in the book of Ephesians, in Rome, in the book of Romans, in Thessalonica, in the books of first and second Thessalonians, in Colossae, in the book of Colossians, and right here in the book of Philippians for Philippi, the enemy of Christ wants to bring discord, disunity, dysfunction, friction, and divisions of all kinds. When he does, and this is why we sang the song, they'll know we are Christians by our love. When he does, fewer and fewer people are impressed with the truth of the gospel because Jesus said the world would recognize us as Christ followers by our love. John thirteen thirty five. So, what can we as a church do about our topic? And our sermon title is, Have This Attitude, And that's where we're going to find our text. And uh, if you want to look at Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to be reading uh, verses 1 through 4. And again, Paul is the author. The uh, recipients are the people of Philippi, the church there that he started. And it's really a great church, but like all great churches, there's room for improvement. And so he says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That is the reading of God's word. So, I think that our text this morning answers four important questions concerning spiritual unity, and unity for families, unity for churches, uh, unity in the spiritual realm. And the first question is this, what should motivate us toward this spiritual maturity? And so if you're taking notes, that's the first word. What should motivate us toward this spiritual maturity? And really the one word answer to this would be Jesus. Jesus is what should motivate us toward spiritual maturity. But Paul throws a lot of other things in there. In fact, he gives us four reasons that should motivate us for spiritual maturity. And if you look at our text this morning, it says if... If, 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 four ifs there, and uh, really a better translation than if would be since or because. And so I'd like to read that with that translation instead of if. So it says, since or because you have encouragement from being united with Christ, since or because you have comfort from his love, since or because you have fellowship with the Spirit, and since or because you have tenderness and compassion. So these are like givens. These are like givens. And the first one is this. Since you are encouraged from being united with Christ, you should have spiritual unity. And so what's this idea, being united with Christ? Because we are united with Christ, because Jesus has come alongside of us and taken up residence in our life by the Holy Spirit, is that not enough of a motive to respond with unity among ourselves? And of course the answer is yes! In fact, the answer to all these questions, all the, these uh, senses or because, is a resounding yes. Because we are united with Christ, because Jesus has come alongside us and taken up residence in our life by the Holy Spirit, is it not enough of a motive to respond with unity among ourselves? Yes, of course. But he goes on. Not only does he say, is there, since there is encouragement from being united with Christ, he also says, since there is comfort from his love. The loving tenderness of the Lord has blessed us with salvation and eternal life. That's great news. The loving tenderness of the Lord has blessed us with salvation and eternal life. My favorite verse, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since God comforted me through his love, I believe we are demanded to pursue unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so any encouragement from being united with Christ? Yes, of course. Any comfort from his love? Yes. 
But he goes on and gives another one. Any fellowship with his spirit. I share a life with God's spirit who lives in me. I receive, as a Christ follower, power and strength and counsel and comfort from the fellowship that I have with the spirit. When I fight with my brothers and sisters in Christ, my sin disrupts the fellowship of the Spirit in my life and in my church. When I look across the sanctuary or I look across the fellowship hall and see someone who I'm struggling with and there is discord in my heart toward that person, that is sin. And I suffer, and maybe even more than that, the church suffers. A few weeks ago, we talked about Joshua going into Jericho, remember? And the Lord told Joshua and all the followers, don't take anything out of Jericho. Well, the problem is, one guy did. Does anybody know his name? I know Karen does. Achan. His name is Achan. And Achan's going to be Achan in a bit because he takes something out of Jericho and he hides it in his tent. Just one guy. This one guy takes one thing out of Jericho and he hides it in his tent. The next time they go to battle, they lose tremendously. And Joshua's like, what? And the Lord says, well, you've got a problem in your camp. Somebody took something out of Jericho that they weren't supposed to, and they have hidden it. And so the story goes that Joshua confronts Achan, and he's killed along with his family. It's a, it's a, it's a, bad, it's a bad mistake. That's why Achan, you could say, was Achan. Uh, but what the purpose of the story was, was because of Achan's sin, the whole camp suffered. And so I say to you with a surety, if you look across the sanctuary of the Fellowship Hall and see someone who you're struggling with and there is discord in your heart, that sin is something that you suffer with as well as the church. So, if I want fellowship with the Spirit, I need to make amends with that person that I'm struggling with immediately. Why? Well, it's simple. Because you are comforted by the love of Christ and encouraged and enjoy the fellowship of the Spirit. But there's one more. Since or because you have tenderness and compassion. Tenderness conveys, conveys deep affection. Tenderness conveys deep affection. And compassion has to do with grace and mercy. Because you have received deep affection from our Savior, and because you have received grace and mercy from God, and because of the encouragement from being united with Christ, comfort from His love, fellowship with His Spirit, tenderness and compassion, Paul says in verse 2, and I love it, he says, then make my joy complete 
Now you've got to remember, Paul is in prison. He doesn't say, you know what would make my joy complete is if I could get out of here. If, if, if these jailers would let me loose, that would make my joy complete. He, he's not even thinking about himself. He's thinking about the church. And he says, you know what would make my joy complete? Is that you would be motivated by the encouragement that you have of being united with Christ. The encouragement that you have of comfort from his love. The encouragement of fellowship with the spirit. The encouragement because you have tenderness and compassion. That would make my joy complete if you take those four things and you become like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. So he goes on in our text today, and not only do we look at what should motivate us toward this spiritual maturity, but the next question that we are asking is, what are the characteristics of this spiritual maturity. What does spiritual maturity, or spiritual unity, I should say, what does it look like? What does it look like? What are the characteristics of spiritual unity? And these are pretty simply laid out. He says, and, and you know, we're just going right through our text here, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. You have the motivation. Now, what that looks like is I want you as Christ followers, to be like-minded. It means thinking the same way. Paul tells the struggling church in Corinth the same thing. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Be of one mind, he said, and live in peace. Now, you're thinking the same way I'm thinking, and that is, that's hard to do. Being like-minded is, is hard to do because I'm a unique individual with unique ideas and with unique thoughts. How in the world can I have the same mind with you when we don't? How can I do that? Well, Paul is going to explain that as we continue to go on, but he says this, not only are we to be like-minded, but we are to be having the same love. So he says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. Even if we struggle with being like-minded, love must prevail. Remember 1 Corinthians 13? Hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Having the same love, Romans 12.10 says... Be devoted to brotherly love. We can and we will be on a different page concerning any number of issues, but loving one another despite our differences is what makes Christianity truly unique. Love conquers all. So characteristic of spiritual unity, we need to be like-minded. As a church, we need to be like-minded. In our families, we need to be like-minded. We need to have the same love. We need to, number three, be one in spirit and purpose. One in spirit and purpose. The idea of one in spirit and purpose is actually one word in the Greek, and it means one soul. means one soul. So in a sense, 
We are soul brothers and sisters. Not only are we one in spirit, we are one soul together, but we are also one in purpose. Now, here's, here's a thought. We may have differences in the route of our destination. We may have differences, and we often will, in the route of our, des uh, our destination. But our finish line, our finish line should all be the same. What's the church's finish line? Well, it's found in Colossians. You're in Philippians. Turn uh, over to the right uh, a page or two, and that's the book of Colossians. Colossians 3.17 gives us our finish line. And it starts off with, and whatever you do. All right? That's pretty inclusive of everything. And whatever you do. This is our finish line. Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Our ultimate goal is not to get our way, but to advance the glory and kingdom of God. That's the ultimate goal of a husband and wife as they raise their children. That's the ultimate goal of a Christ follower out in his workplace. That's the ultimate goal of a church to advance the glory and kingdom of God. That's what we were created for. And so we have the motivation towards spiritual maturity and really the one word answer to that is Jesus we have the characteristics of spiritual maturity, and those are three, you could even get four. Like-mindedness, having the same love, being one in spirit, could be three, and being one in purpose, could be four. But what are the ways that we can do these characteristics? What are the ways that we can live out these characteristics? And that's our third question. What are the ways toward this spiritual unity. How do we produce these characteristics? That's pretty practical. He gives some do's and he gives some don'ts. We're going to start with the don'ts. So he says this, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Now we've got some don'ts. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Don't have selfish ambition. The way to like-mindedness excludes selfish ambition. I've got my agenda. This is selfish ambition. And I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I've been here. I've done that, and probably so have you. I have my idea... And if you don't like it, you can go sit on attack. All right? That's selfish ambition. So I told you this a long time ago, but I had a friend when I was growing up. His name was, and I, Randy, I'm sorry, but I, and I, I've talked to Randy about this. This friend growing up is Randy. And just remember, I, remember, Randy, I, I remember, I think you were here one time when I talked about this, but. I just don't like the name Randy. Just, just 
just uh, just something. Now, I like this Randy, but that Randy growing up, he just, oh. And so whenever I think of Randy, I think of that Randy, and it just makes me upset because when I was a kid, he wanted me to bring my toys down to his house. And I said to him, I said, Randy, I got a lot of toys, so why don't you come and help me bring them down? We can put them in the wagon together and we can pull them. No, you go get them. Randy, why don't you, why don't you help me? If you don't get them, I'm going to throw this stick at you. And so I said, well, I, I, I need some help. He hurls this spear of a stick through the air. And I don't know what was going on in my, in my mind, but I watched it hit me right here in my head. And whenever you get hit on your face anywhere, it bleeds like crazy. And I remember walking, well, I remember running, crying home, bleeding profusely out of my face and my mom seeing me from the kitchen window and running out hysterical because I just got blood and I, I went back later after I went to the hospital and got stitches and saw a blood trail down my entire sidewalk and that was all because Randy <laughs> had that selfish ambition of you do what I say or else Galatians 5.20 lists selfish ambition as a work of the flesh. It's sin. Selfish ambition destroys unity. But you might say, and I've said it, but my way is the best way. Maybe it is. But that's not the final destination. That's not the final destination. There also may be another good way. Spiritual unity is the final destination. Glory to God is the final destination. And not not, uh, also along with the don'ts of not being selfish is don't have vain conceit. Vain conceit is an attitude that seeks personal glory elevation and exaltation. When we seek the glory, it proves our spiritual emptiness. When we seek the glory, it it, it proves our spiritual emptiness. Vain conceit and selfish ambition say, it's my way or the highway because I'm better than you I'm smarter than you I have more education than you I have more experience than you I have more clout than you if you don't do it my way I'm gonna throw this stick at you so the way to the characteristics is don't do that and then there are some do's do these things. Alright? So it says, do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. So the first one is, have humility of mind. The idea of this Greek word, and this Greek word is not in any place except the New Testament... It's a word that became familiar in the New Testament. In fact, people think that Paul may have just made it up, 
But this Greek word uh, has this idea behind it, think like a slave. Think like a slave. Having humility of mind is thinking like a slave. Now, we have to be honest, these are some do's, and we don't do this all that often. When I go home, I'm not thinking of being a slave to my wife. When you come to the council meetings, or the business meetings, or the informational meetings, are you having the attitude that you want to think like a slave? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But this is one of the do's. This is how you can achieve those characteristics. This is one of the do's. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. And then it also says, each of you should not only look out to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. S consider others as superior to you. Now that's something we really don't like, but that is what the, God's Word says. Consider others as superior to you. Start asking yourself, do I live with this kind of humility of mind where the last person I'm concerned with is me? Do I live with that kind of humility of mind where the last person I'm concerned with is me? We say this a lot in our family, and maybe you do too. Hey, listen, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. I thought this was an interesting quote. Problems of discord and division, fractions and fights, comes from people who overestimate their value. <laughs> Problems of discord and division, fractions and fights, come from people who overestimate their value. And then the last one is this. Look to the interests of others. Humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We can avoid selfish ambition and vain conceit by being preoccupied with other people, with others' agenda. So the motive for unity is simply Jesus. The motive for unity in, in your family and in our church, the motive is Jesus. The characteristics are what we said, like-mindedness, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And then the way that you do that is by doing some things you're not supposed to, not doing some things you're not supposed to, don't have selfish ambition, and don't have vain conceit, and then having some things that you do. Have humility of mind, consider others as superior to you, and look to the interests of others. Another way of doing it is our last point, looking to our perfect Example. Looking to our perfect example, and of course that's Jesus. And this is what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Your attitude, name of our message, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Then it goes on and tells you what our perfect example did. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. In James it says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Look what happened. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place, and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. As your soon-to-be previous pastor, and for the sake of your next pastor, make our joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Again, it's just so practical. I mean, each of us can learn something about being a servant. About putting a towel around our waist like Jesus did in the upper room and go and wash our brothers and sisters' feet. I mean, Jesus did that. And that's our example. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take this very seriously and continue to be a church where spiritual unity thrives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.